It's the one. It's the two. It's the three. It's a. Linda float, Linda float. Okay, just a wellness podcast. Just the wellness plug podcast. Just the wellness plug podcast. Take it, 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 take Hello and welcome back. This is episode two of the Wellness Plug podcast. Uh, my name is Katla Khamabue and joined alongside Dr. G what's and up, of course up? Linda Majola. We bring you a safe space where we are creating a community for us to connect, to converse around issues that affect us every day. We're talking about our wellness, our health, whether it be physical, whether it be mental, psychological. We'll be diving into all kinds of interesting um, conversations that we hope that you will be a part of. Join us on social media as we discover, learn, and share. And it's going to be an interesting one today because we're tackling an issue that has, I think, been very prevalent over the past two years with the pandemic, but has seen a rise, especially in South Africa, uh, where the conversations on social media, we've seen them going on about what is mental health or people throwing around the term mental mental health. So with this particular episode, which is our mental health episode, we'll be touching on questions like, what is mental health? Who is at risk? How are we doing during this pandemic? Because we really are still in it in some ways. And um, what does supporting each other really look like uh, in, in the effort of all of us helping each other to, yeah. to live a better life, to, to be better? But as we do at the start of every episode, the question, the most important question, and I'm going to start <laughs> off with you, Linda. Mm-hmm. How are you? How am I? How am I? I'm, well, actually, yo, this is such an intense question, hey? Uh, because <laughs> it, it, today. It, it forces me to, to really uh, sit with myself and think exactly how am I doing. Uh, mentally, um, I'm in a very stable uh, uh, a space. Um, I've had, you know, issues for the past couple of days where I was getting back into a very dark space um, because in my mind, I create these stories, these fictional stories that forcefully put me in that corner. And I'm really now trying to sit and identify um, exactly why I do that to myself, why I punish myself that much. um, And I'm trying to really heal from it. And... um, It's so beautiful that today we're doing mental mental health, right? As a focus point. Because mm. <laughs> I was Googling, trying to find out exactly what's mental health and what exactly is mental illness. Right. Am I depressed or am I just sad for that moment? Am I experiencing anxiety or am I just anxious as we were speaking? Wow. I'm just anxious or is it anxiety now that mm. that I'm in? So I really want to find that out with you, Dr. G. Exactly. Mental health and mental illness. How are you, Dr. G? Oh, man, I'm in recovery. I'm mm. recovering. Um, and, I, and I say this because I think a lot of the time we, we rush to label ourselves when we are feeling our way through an experience. Mm. A lot of situations we've all been through in the last two years have been depressing. A lot of situations we've been through the last two years has been saddening. Um, it has induced anxiety. And... There's been a lot of grief. Mm. We've mourned a lot. I've mourned a lot. I've lost a lot, just like every single other person there. So I feel it, that I'm in a constant state of recovering. Mm. And, and the recovering is not to try and get back to a happy, stress-free self. 
it's more about trying to appreciate the new world where there may be less people, right, to share experiences with, but there's still a lot, yeah. a lot to live for. If I had to answer that question, um, I would actually take you back to when we had breakfast yesterday. There was a moment in which I wanted to say to you, I'm, I, I feel triggered, right? Mm. There, there are certain things in my life daily that trigger me and it triggers this uh, feeling that feels like if you were to think of like your, your sternum, right? Where your rib cage meets here. Right. Mm-hmm. And it feels like somebody's dropping a balloon with hot water in it. And I go, huh, right? And I need to understand where that comes from, what it is and how I can deal with it. But when asked the question of how I'm doing, mm. I generally tend to look at each compartment like, Emotionally, am I okay? Psychologically, am I okay? Physically, am I okay? And then I give a holistic picture. So if yes. I were to go from a one where one is terrible, 10 is absolutely amazing. Right now, I'm at an 8.5, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it, to a large degree because of where we are and what we're doing. Yeah. But that's how I would view it. But still, I think uh, I need to understand further as we delve into this topic, 100%. whether the tools I'm using to deal with the aforementioned feelings are the correct oh, ones and are the sustainable ones that I need to live a life that is healthy. I really love how you talk about tools. That's exactly what the essence of this episode is. The first thing I want to make sure that everybody listening understands is every single speciality in our field has its expert. So right now you're speaking to a medical doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. So the conversation we're having is what I call the starter. We're Mm -hmm. starting a meal. And as we continue to dive further into mental health, we'll be bringing in psychologists and psychiatrists and other mental health specialists Mm -hmm. who are going to help us really break down the different experiences and also help people appreciate the difference between what is a disorder Mm-hmm. And what is just an experience? Yeah. Oh wow! But today, there's a difference, right? Oh, hundred percent. There's a difference. The reason I think this episode is Your. going to be so powerful today is because there's so much going on right now on social media mm. where there is this interesting integration of mental health and mental illness. So let's kick off with a couple of things because I know from personal experience, it's very difficult to process what we call negative emotions or thoughts. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff we often keep private. And what's even more difficult is to recognize when you're not okay or that you are at risk of harming yourself or others. You see, the interesting thing about keeping things in secret is that they tend to manifest. One of my most popular phrases is, Pain is as creative as joy. Yeah. Think of yourself when you're in love. As creative as, as joy. Creative wow, as that's joy. interesting. That's very mm-hmm. interesting. Right? Because as much as you can create this beautiful world in joy and love and all that is positive, you can create an equally dark hell for yourself. 100%. Yeah. Creatively, like with all kinds and of it's nooks not, and crannies and labyrinths. And it's not intentional. And this is one of the reasons why the journey of understanding mental health is so important. There's a lot of misconceptions going out there about, geez, we could go everywhere here, but let, let, I will mm. keep it focused. One of the biggest misconceptions that people say is you can snap out of something, mm. right? Because that implies that our negative emotions or thoughts are self-inflicted all the time. Sure, there may be things that we do that accelerate or enable us to stay stuck in a space, but we don't always choose the experiences and the emotions and the thoughts that we end up having. Mm. So let's get a little bit into this conversation today. There's a couple of questions that I want all of us to process. The Mm. first is, 
in order to understand your own emotional or health language. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. How do you react when you are feeling negative emotions? I'll give you some examples. When you're feeling heartbroken, yeah. sad, lonely, frustrated, anxious, disappointed. Mind you, the question is, these are all rhetorical. So just sit with them. Don't need to answer. How do you react is the question. Hmm. Next hmm. question. Do you have a confidant in your life that you trust? That you can tell all your deepest feelings to? Mm-hmm. Next question. Do you have a therapist in your life that you can share these experiences with? Mm. And the last question before we go into the meat of the topic. Are you open to the idea of speaking to anyone about how you feel? By the silence of the room, I realized. I mean, I, this is, that, that's I, exactly. I, 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 those, those are the course. levels. Those, those are the levels of thought that you have just plunged us into. That uh, I think are very necessary for us to extrapolate on. And I think I want to start it from the back and go. Yes, I am open to the idea of speaking to someone about whatever problems I might be experiencing. Do I have a therapist? I had one for a time, and then I thought, but I'm okay, so. I'm handling it. So it's cool. Let's just keep on moving. But as I've learned uh, through multiple conversations uh, is that it's like a car, right? Yeah. Like, you know, the machine that we described in the first episode, Bing. you've got to maintain it. You've got to you keep it running. Because it now it's broken. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't go, oh, I lost service my car 200,000 kilometers ago. Now and that now the tire, yeah, mm-hmm. you've got to keep it, especially if you're looking to function optimally, mm. right? Yeah. Do I have a confidant in my life? I would say so. There are uh, one or two individuals who are close. I'm really happy for you for a lot because a lot of people actually don't. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. don't have a confidant in my life that I speak to. I just, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. There's just certain parts of my life that I'll share, but then there's most that I don't. I'll keep to myself. Um, one thing that I always try to uh, say that I practice is um, spiritual nudity where hmm. wow where, that is a very interesting concept <laughs> where um i know i mean we cannot say god is gonna solve my depression or my mental health but i try to really sit bare and be myself and be naked in front of you know the god that i praise and wow. worship and i pray and i that for me is the time where i reconnect with self and deal with where i am mentally yeah. um, by connecting spiritually um but i know not everyone can do that we all need someone that we can speak to and as a confidant but for me that's what i use right now and sometimes the, the answers that i get are not the ones that i really want to hear but hmm. for most times uh, spirituality has helped me so much with dealing with it. And I absolutely agree. There's a place for all different healing modalities. One of the reasons that therapy is going to be such an important discussion here is not necessarily because it's superior to all other healing practices, but it, in this particular case on mental health, has a very specific place. And I have the mm. privilege over the last 15 years of working with some really phenomenal, phenomenal mental health professionals. And as we dive in further over the course of the journey on the Wellness Plug podcast, we're going to hear some really interesting insights. And you will hear that there's a very strong place while you're even battling a mental illness for yeah. spirituality. So, yeah. so there is no such thing as one at the exclusion of the other. Yeah. But Which- let's get into some definitions. Okay. I'm going to come back to you. I just want to get into this very interesting discussion about what is mental health because you touched on it in your answer. There's this interesting perception about mental health and mental illness. So 
Dr. Google is here again. Okay. <laughs> Come through with it. Because the Antando is in mental health. I have mental health. Yes, so, we all have a mental so health. So what <laughs> is component. the actual scientific, correct, textbook definition of mental health? It's our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. You want the p- simplest answer? Yeah. That is it's mental that system. health. It's the system. That, that connected system makes up what we call But what's the core what's the core term there? Well being. Yeah. The problem is mental health has become the disease description. Yeah. It's not. So mental health mm-hmm. affects how we think, feel, and act. Right? Yeah. It helps us determine how we relate to stress, how we relate to others. Mm-hmm. And how we make choices. When you're in a healthy mental state, the chances of you making healthy choices are high. Mm-hmm. When you're not in a healthy mental state, the chances of making you the chances of you making smart choices are lower. Oh, no. and, and I love that you that you refer to it as a state. There we right? go. Because there's That's every the p- chance that the state could change. change. It's not a permanent place of existence. Like when you're happy and people expect you to be happy all All the the time. time. Like, no, it's a state that I was in at that particular point, given whatever environmental factors, factors, psychological factors that were influencing me at that time. Yeah, it's that particular experience, as you said at the beginning. So whichever experience that you're in or that state that you're in, it could be sad, it could be happy, Mm -hmm. but it's not really an illness. There we go. Now, what's critical is your mental health is important at every stage of your life. Mm -hmm. So whether you're a barbecue to being a teenager. A <laughs> I know. A barbecue. All the way through ripe, wonderful years. I don't I don't call it old age. I we hope I grow until hundred. We need to stop calling it old age. Now, what is mental illness? This is a wide range of conditions that affect your mood, thinking, and behavior. Starting to see the common threats. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mental illnesses are associated. This is the critical part. We get taught in medical school and I love it so much. Here's the big difference. Mental illnesses are associated with distress and or problems in your social work and family activities. So when your way of thinking and feeling starts to disrupt your daily life, that's when we start exploring it deeper. Question. And and we are talking about when it it starts interrupting (laughs) your daily life, because we're talking about like a, a, a certain pattern is shown. It's not... I'm walking into the office this morning mm-hmm. and I'm so irritated with Carly, whatever her name is, Poor because Carly. she took the milk and didn't put it back into the fridge. Now I'm experiencing, that is not a mental illness. That is, that's an experience Absolutely that not. you're having that, it, that, that affects your momentary state, but not necessarily your continued daily state, which would be an illness if it were the case. That points so beautifully to my first question. Remember when I talked about developing an emotional and health language? Yeah. What's Mm -hmm. the first question I said? How do you react when you feel? Yes. So that would fit into your reaction to feeling angry at Carly is not you having a mental illness. Come on, Carly, put the milk back in the fridge. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Apologies to all Carly's out there. No, no, just completely. (laughs) So some examples of mental illnesses you may be familiar with. And for the benefit of today, we're literally just going to gloss over them. But I promise you, to all of those who are really, really interested in this conversation, we will dive deeper into the topics because it is what is currently happening all over the world. So some of the examples are clinical depression. You've heard of that. Mm -hmm. Anxiety disorder. You've heard of that. Mm -hmm. 
bipolar disorder, you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Personality disorders, you've heard of that. Schizophrenia, you've probably heard of that. Mm-hmm. I'm mentioning them by name for now. Yeah. Because as I said, as a scientist, I love giving the masters their platform to do what they need to do. And these are the most popular ones and they really deserve a proper stage. Yeah. But I'm very open to having a very quick discussion yeah. about what each of them means. And psychiatry and psychology are very interesting specializations that deal with what we call the disease component of mental illness, right? So when we classify something as a disorder in the mental health umbrella, mm-hmm. stay with me now, mm-hmm. there are certain criteria that have to be fulfilled for a specific period of time in order for us to then diagnose someone as having an anxiety disorder or clinical depression or bipolar disorder. Right. right. Okay. There are criteria and I would, I'm so excited to when a psychologist comes and brings in because there's this interesting textbook called the DSM. I'm not sure what number we're on now. DSM. DSM. Yo, thank goodness you skipped that other letter. (laughs) What are you talking about? Right. (laughs) The other, the other examples, I'll give you other examples of anxiety disorders. So panic attacks, obsessive compulsive disorder. You've heard that. OCD. You come in OCD. Mm-hmm. There yeah. we go. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Which is usually just associated with military personnel. This is very interesting. You know what I mean? Like you, when you, you, just wanna, you just want me to bring Dr. Dube here right now. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. The critical thing is a lot of the disorders are diagnosed medically or rather let me put it this way they require a medical diagnosis the problem is the culture we currently have is people are self-diagnosing okay yeah so there are criteria that classify something as a disorder rather than as a reactive behavior to something may i ask you like sure. a sidetrack question why do you think people do that why are people so quick to do <clears throat> that because it, 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 it seems like all roads would lead to <laughs> not a good solution at the yeah. end of the day all right so one of the interesting things that, you know, especially with the years that I've had speaking to mental health professionals, yeah. one of the biggest issue is we love to, we love to put a word on something. One as a way, and this is a horrible thing to say, but it's an important existing culture in our generation as a way of us sometimes escaping the responsibility of actually addressing the cause, right? So it's not necessarily fear. If I say, for example, I've been shy my whole life at school, mm-hmm. that doesn't make that doesn't mean I have a mental illness. I'm shy, right? right? Okay. But if every single time I'm about to write an exam, I go into this immense feeling of impending doom, and I think the world's going to end, and my heart rate goes up, and I faint, there's something there. That's to something explore. that needs to be diagnosed medically. Makes sense. The important thing here is. Removing the power of diagnosing a mental disorder is not meant to disempower the patient who's struggling through it. It's like you actually need to know that you are living with that condition so that you can treat it. If you recall our previous episode, I talked about how physical doctors, GPs, etc., body mechanics, mental health professionals are, mind mechanics. Okay, so the question that I have right now is, 
I hear that you say that it needs to go to a certain level. It has to happen for a very, not a very long period of time. Depending on what we're talking mm-hmm. about. What we're talking about, yes. Um, then, but thing is, these things happen differently for, for us as humans. 100%. Um, so your sadness will be different to my sadness and Kat's sadness. Right. How then do you know, Oguti, I say with depression, Manjale. Even more cats. important why when you're feeling sad for a long enough period, you need to take that sadness to someone to qualify it for you. You yeah. see, the, see what I love about your question? It re-emphasizes the point I'm making about why it's important to get the people who can explain it to you without freaking you out properly. Mm-hmm. The critical room or space that mental health professionals fill is to give you access to understanding what is actually going on with you. Here's my general rule, because I always have wellness rules that allow people to tap into when is it time to press a button of I need help. I say any change in your life that is leading you into a place where you're not functioning as yourself for more than three to five days in a row and you are struggling with your own resources to get better, press the button, get someone to help you figure out what's happening. That's how I can support that conversation. And, and I think just kind of to re-emphasize what you said in the beginning, the ability to recognize when these things happen, I think. Like that, that self-awareness is Absolutely. so, so important. So you have Absolutely. To be, you, you've got to be present. You've got Absolutely. to be, spend time with yourself. Like know um, yourself. Because I know very well, like um, when you're busy, there's just certain things that you end up not seeing. Uh, you think that, oh, I'm happy because I'm busy. But then when you're not busy, then you realize that I'm actually very unhappy uh, because now all of this is gone. All of the hustle and bustle is not th- no longer there and you have to sit with self. How do you see it in the midst of being occupied by so many things? You find mothers that just have had children that are trying to raise their families. They never really spend time in identifying how they are mentally and seeing where they are. How do you... So I, so I insist on this rule that a lot of people, it takes time for people to adopt this, but those who have really start to be able to answer these questions for themselves. I call it the pause and reflect relationship. We need to start having a pause and reflect relationship with ourselves. The thing with human beings is we're so good at saying, We have no time. We have no time. We have no time. Mm. It's very difficult to understand your own emotional and health language if you're not pausing and reflecting on how you're feeling. And that's one of the reasons the phrase or the question, how are you, has become my most popular, popular way of starting all my talks. Because if you cannot tap into the most basic question that defines what could be an ongoing problem with yourself, if you cannot answer how are you honestly, it's very difficult for you to, to realize, oh, I'm going through burnout. I'm stressed. I'm yeah. tired. So pause and reflect. And that's accountability. It starts with a personal accountability to be willing to learn the language. And it goes straight into this comment that I wanted to, be, to um, go into, which is who's most at risk mm-hmm. for experiencing mental illness, right? Where there's a family history of known mental conditions, those are at risk. High-risk careers, if you think of that constant pressure that we live under and what that can bring about, entrepreneurs, artists, (laughs) military, you were talking about that, Kat, earlier. Some interesting careers we might not think of, pilots. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Right? I've I've sat in a a Boeing simulator and tried to land it. There we My, go. Uh, you, every single time an airplane touches down and lands safely, please applaud your pilot. Even if it's silently, just be like, I did it. Yeah, <laughs> did it. It's, it's an immense task. 
the third the third big group and i'm going to leave the rest to like i said the, the specialists will come on board later in the series but the third big group i do want to touch on because a lot of humans fall under this right now the people who are most at risk for mental illness then include those facing repeated trauma and if you look at about mm. the pandemic this is the perfect perfect time to talk about this so whether it's repeated physical emotional abuse violence of any kind neglect of any kind abandonment death and economic losses that's the group riding straight into the next question mm. how are we really doing during this pandemic when you were listening to all these things i listed how many how many resonated with you i can definitely say death yeah economic losses yeah Ooh. right yeah but wo and the feeling of neglect yeah <clears throat> right I, i resonated with most hey just general loss yeah there was a feeling of general loss of control of everything that you knew to be stable like there was a point where where i was like what do we really actually know yeah. because if over the course of like two weeks mm. the entire world can be flipped upside down what do we really know like the instability that causes is immense so where science is really fascinating it's able to start giving you really great pathways of understanding how your mind behaves to the experiences around you. Mm. And one of the reasons why us touching very lightly on mental health and allowing our listeners to go deeper into it when we bring all the specialists is we're going to look at things like the impact of traumatic life changes on the mind and the heart. I think that particular episode is really going to start to settle people down mm. from a culture of going and rushing to Google for answers because there are natural things that happen to us, right? Biologically and mentally when we go through traumatic life events and not all those experiences automatically lead us to having a mental illness mm-hmm. so you can be sad for a long time for losing loved ones for a long time that doesn't necessarily mean that you will have or experience clinical depression right. but you can experience depressive symptoms yeah. yeah and this is the reason why i'm excited mm. about bringing the experts is that distinction is going to become important yeah. but that is definitely coming up in the future episodes we're holding some of the good stuff for you intentionally we've seen a rise of depression and suicide yeah. mm-hmm. this is going to be a really important topic to really really bit down and in all the different facets because one episode will just not be enough to go into this topic yeah. there are age groups at risk for different reasons they are coping mechanisms that generationally we use as well when we're feeling sad mm-hmm. and there's also very interesting pressures that come from society that force us to bottle these experiences up mm-hmm. what i will say on this particular segment of wellnessology is how proud and how grateful i am that there are more people putting their hand up mm-hmm. on all public platforms and saying i'm not okay yeah. i'm getting the help it's going to be okay yeah. Yeah. the more we normalize the fact that experiencing sadness experiencing pain is not a sign of weakness the quicker we sure. recover as a society yes sure and and so important as as we like engage you as a community to like feel free to like open yourself up that it's that moment of weakness that i find in my own personal experience mm. that like that moment of weakness and and revealing it yeah yes that makes you stronger at the end of the day it's almost like go. you've got to break it down first before you can build it up oh yeah. perfectly said and that leads me into this interesting segue that we we've got to take as as we start to close off the segment so 
because I've introduced you to the concept of understanding your mental health as a language, I want to leave you with this interesting question that really, really triggered everybody. I'd like to say in the last two years, we had a pandemic that upended our entire lives and this concept of support, right? How do we support each other genuinely? Big word, right? Yeah. Because man, are we good on the quotes? In these streets, that <laughs> we are not really good on the actions. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Doctor G is about actions the over action. captions, right? So, I <laughs> want to leave some line. fundamentals as as we go into into wrapping up today's discussion. If you're trying to figure out what mental health is for you, and how do you start this conversation, and how do you know if you're okay or you're not okay, here's the roadmap. Firstly, breathe. Shall we all take a collective deep breath? Yeah. That felt good, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's important to first understand that life is not a smooth journey. There's going to be bumps in the road and who you are, who you are now is important to understand because it allows you to appreciate what your behaviors are when different things happen to you. You got that? The early signs of trouble are difficult to spot. Back to your point, Linda. They are even harder to spot by family members, colleagues, and friends because if you haven't decided to understand yourself, how are other people going to realize you're in trouble? Here's the big thing. If you're a family member seeing that a loved one might be in trouble but you're not sure, behavioral change is one of the most significant signs that something is not okay. So people look at personality changes, they don't look at behavioral change. I'll give you a couple of examples. Someone's sleeping patterns, changing drastically. At at your best function, you might be, I don't know, an early riser. You get to work, you come back, that's when you function. Suddenly you're sleeping the whole day for days in a row. If you're a family member and you know that your person is go, 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 and suddenly they're sleeping and there's no explanation, talk to them. Second thing is social behavioral changes. So someone who's an extrovert, loves hanging out with people, suddenly withdraws for long periods of time, no communication, nothing. Talk to them. Right? But there's also this other interesting thing where someone goes from extremely reserved to outbursts. Random outbursts are a very interesting signal to say they may not have a mental illness, but they're not okay. So if you look at people that are what they say, he's such a quiet person. Why is he ranting and raving all of a sudden on social media? Think about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If there's a justification or there's a, you know, there's a very easy explanation. There's a specific cause he's angry about. Great. But if it's suddenly these long soliloquies, as I like to call them. (laughs) (laughs) I all remember Hamlet. (laughs) Right? Ask. So answering the question, when is the right time to ask? Behavioral changes. Right? Hmm. Some of the other distress signals you might want to look at is people's conversations suddenly becoming dark. We all know our friends really well. And you can hear when someone suddenly is losing the love of life. Mm -hmm. Right? When someone lose their love of life, you can hear it. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things that's important that I can illustrate here. But the first thing that I really want to go back to is pay attention. The most important way we support each other is by paying attention to each other. Hmm. We say we pay attention to each other, but we don't. One of the reasons it's such an interesting conversation 
the social media culture of communication is because, you know, saying, oh, what's our favorite? Hey, hey, the hey people. <laughs> hey, hey people. Yo. Hey is not a hello. <laughs> the second thing is listen. We don't, we've stopped listening to each other. Yeah. That's one of the reasons how are you such an important question in my career. Yeah. And, because, and not how are you just for the sake of getting the answer over and done with. Mm-hmm. Like if you are being asked that question, actually try and answer it. Mm. Yeah. And if you're not sure, say like, I actually am not sure. I don't sure. know. It's better than just, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, guilty, good. I'm, I'm guilty, guilty of that. I'm just like, I'm good. I'm fine. Right. I'm okay. Could you? Right. Last two things. Calling for help is not a sign that you're unable to take care of yourself. Calling for help is the most important sign that you're able to take care of yourself. Right. Last but not least, if you want to protect your health, get acquainted to having boundaries in your life. We are so afraid of being disliked Mm. that we allow porous relationships with people and things that are not good for us. I think I'm very guilty of that. Get some boundaries. Yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Wow. Allowing everything and anyone in your space or in my, yeah. Absolutely. And on that note, our mental health journey has begun. <sighs> it requires. T for tense. G for difficult. <laughs> TWP for the wellness plug. Are there any takeouts that came up for you before we go into our hot wellness tickets and say goodbye? Um, I think at the very beginning, at the top, we mentioned something of a mental health language as, mm. you know, as it might be akin to a love language. And I wonder how it is that and maybe we might delve into that into in later episodes, but Absolutely. the question of how do you determine it? So like, right. how do you know what your mental health language is? And maybe this, this is something that you can ponder on Absolutely. You know, when you listen to this and uh, engage with us on social media and let us know if you, if you know what yours is. One of the most powerful ways you can get, connect with the language you might have built is to ask the questions. This is the exercise I give my executive clients. They hate it, but it gets us to, to the goal. For seven consecutive days yeah. every morning, ask yourself, how am I? Okay. And sit with the Write answer. Write it down? Write it down. Okay. And I'm see how it. every single morning you answer it. You'll know if your language is as brave <laughs> as it should be hmm. or if you need to start that conversation I'm going to write it down same here I'll do that alright okay well our hot wellness ticket this week for me what I'm really really loving I am loving the humans who are comfortable spending time with themselves Mm -hmm. as I said in order to understand your mental health better you need to walk a journey with yourself without fear so those of you who are taking long walks those of you who are taking long baths, not just for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> but because you are starting to appreciate that connecting with yourself is as important as connecting with other people, you're my hot wellness ticket this week. Mountains are great for that. Can I just say? Aww. Mountains are really great for that. We love mountains. There's nothing is that, like. Is that your ticket? That's that's been my ticket for some for some time yeah. now. I've really been throwing myself into it, and it's been absolutely. Oh, they perfect for introspection. Oof, love it. Yeah, Linda. For me, my wellness ticket is I hate reading. 
but I forced myself <laughs> to do it. Good, that's very. I'm good. literally like Linda. I'm proud of you. You're not you're not a reader, but I forced myself to read. And it just it's just <laughs> something about reading, having that little novel, whatever it may be. You're learning something new. Um, so I read a lot. By the way, what are you reading right now? I'm reading. Um, God, now you, you're putting me in. A, in, a, in a, wait, I'll, I'll tell you what yeah, I'm reading. Okay, okay. We're exposing the, 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 the new life. A new Earth. The, no, not the new. Nothing. I actually saw it. Yeah, I did see your. Oh my goodness, the we're going to sound like he really does read, guys. I yeah, I believe. I, I to, I'm totally convinced. I know it was. I put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did put me on the spot. What, what has it done for you? Yeah, reading has helped me just mm. by staying calm and staying present in that moment, entering into those stories. I like and, yeah. that. And saying, yeah, it just helps me. It's more therapeutic for me as well to read. Yeah. I truly And I think that. as an emerging storyteller, this is a powerful thing for you to have yes. discovered because it takes a lot to be able to give people compelling stories. Mm. And so if you're feeding yourself that, and by the way, it's really good brain food and brain exercise. So big up to you. All the readers out there, you guys are great. Yeah. Well, it's a wrap for us today, guys. It is indeed. I feel like we've just touched the tip of the iceberg on mental health. So please do not, do not change that subscription because <laughs> when we bring <laughs> the specialists to come and hit harder on this topic, I think a lot of people are going to feel heard they're going to feel understood and most importantly we're going to stop rushing ourselves to a conclusion that something is wrong with us we may not be feeling well but that does not mean that you cannot be loved you cannot be cherished you know cannot be treasured where you are Thanks, Dr. G. And of course, remember, we are still all about you as our community, growing our community, spread the word. Follow us on Instagram at the wellness plug um, underscore. We are, of course, on all of your favorite podcast platforms as well. So check us out at the wellness plug podcast. That's right, fam. Send us your thoughts on today's episodes on the page. And please do, if you have any more questions, engage with us and uh, we'll address it on the next upcoming episode. Please do email us at the wellness plug podcast at gmail.com uh, check the show notes of this episode for the details if you didn't catch the email address mm-hmm. that was Linda Majola Dr. G Katsakomabu and this is the Wellness Plug Podcast until next time do, 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 do. it's the one it's the two it's the three it's a float Linda float Linda float okay it's a wellness podcast it's the wellness plug podcast this the wellness plug podcast hey that's who i be everywhere i go i ride with god you know you know because we ride it with god